0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: God is doing, not only for what he has done, but what he is doing in our midst now. We're not looking for another day. He's already doing it now. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's not going to do that. He's doing that now. We are in revival, we're not looking for revival, we're not looking for some better day, but we are in the greatest days of our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn to your, in your Bibles, the book of Mark chapter 4, what a great privilege and honor it is to be in the house of God today. Certainly don't take it for granted that I have the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. We're going to the book of Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. We're going to read through verse 41. We're also going to reference scripture from Luke 8 and verse 25. The book of Mark 4 and 35, the Bible says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? In verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and saith unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Verse 41 And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Going along those same lines, Mark, or I'm sorry, Luke 8 and 25, it's the same. Account, just words that are a little bit different, and and the writer says, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this that he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him? And I just feel this direction today, and I I hope that. It is along the same lines, I believe, that it is of what we've already heard today. I believe that God is going to speak to us in the next few minutes. I won't be long, but I just want to speak to you from this subject. Just a simple thought. Where is your faith? Can we just put our Bibles down and can we lift our hands one more time? And I want you to earnestly pray that God would anoint us to hear and receive. Lord Jesus, we love you today. God, we come before you humble. God, thankful, Lord, for who you are and for what you've allowed us to already experience this morning. But God, I'm asking you, Lord, to let your spirit move and minister in this house in the next few minutes. I'm asking you to anoint my mouth to speak your word like you gave it to me. I'm asking you to anoint our minds, God, to hear the voice of the Lord in this place. Help us to receive, Lord, what it is that you have for today. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. Jesus and his disciples are traveling by boat upon the Sea of Galilee when a hurricane force storm comes upon them. And at the beginning of chapter 4 of Mark, he initially enters into the ship to teach the people. When the day is coming to a close, Jesus instructs the disciples to send away the multitude, and they launch to the other side of the sea. But as they sail, it seemingly Jesus is asleep in the hinder part of the ship. And in that storm, afraid of death, his disciples awake him in a panic and ask, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus arises, he rebukes the wind, and he speaks to the sea, and immediately the tempest is replaced by an absolute calm. But then the Lord, he has some questions of his own, and rightfully so. He says... Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And as we read in Luke 8 and 25, where is your faith? I believe that today this is a great picture, is a great scenario, if you will, a great uh, happening that, that would instruct us, and I think that it's a picture of prayer, I believe that this is an example of what God will do for his people. Psalm 65 and 1 says, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed, O thou that hearest prayer. Unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. But blessed is the man whom thou choosest. And causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth, and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth The noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. You see, we are supposed to go to him. We are admonished to seek him in every aspect of our lives, but especially in the time of need. You see, prayer should be constant. It should be first, and it should be done no matter what state we may find ourselves in. That's why he said in Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me, all ye that that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we come, however weary, however burdened, and however laden down we are, when we get there, we have a promise. We have a promise that he knows and he understands us. And we have a promise that he has the power to deliver us. The Bible says that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. The, The Amplified says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling in our weakness and our infirmities. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. And so one thing is certain. One thing is inevitable. One thing is, is, is something that we cannot get away from. We will have setbacks. We will experience hardship. I don't mean to paint our world gray, but we will have grief in this life. And from time to time, we will experience the storm. You see, a storm is any disturbed state of an environment or an astronomical body's atmosphere, especially affecting its surface. And strongly implying that severe weather may be marked by significant disruptions to normal conditions. Storms generally lead to negative impacts on lives and on property. In this spiritual realm, not only can we experience natural storms, But we will also encounter spiritual storms. These storms will undoubtedly come without warning. And they will attempt to wreak havoc in our lives. They can be external. They can be internal. And they can certainly be physical. And they can also be mental. But no matter the type, no matter the person, the fact is this. None of us are exempt from the storm They are inevitably going to happen, and they are no respecter of persons, young or old, rich or poor, in weakness or in strength, storms will arise. And sometimes in these storms, in life, it seems seems as if God is not aware. It may seem in our own minds that he is not listening. Of course, this is in our own minds. When the wind and the waves, they beat upon us, it seems... Sometimes that heaven is silent. And that's because the storm can become the main focus. The storm can be things that we focus on and not of him. That is all that we see. That's all that we hear is the storm. But we are to walk by faith and not by sight. You see, Jesus, he knew that storm was coming before it even came. He knew that when he said, let us launch to the other side of the lake, that there would be a storm. His disciples didn't know, but he knew. He knew that it was coming. He knows the end from the beginning, and nothing is hid from him. He is omniscient. That is, he is all-knowing. He is omnipresent. That is, that he is all places, both time and space, all at one time. And he is omnipotent meaning that he is all-powerful. However, oftentimes God will allow things to come into our lives. He will allow things to come about in our lives to see where we are. He will do that to see what our reaction will be, to see where our heart lies. Consider Job. Consider Abraham of the Old Testament. We know that, that both of them experienced hardships in their lives, and God knew about it. And God allowed it to happen. And so the Lord, he had all of this in mind when he said, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. He knew that there would be burdens. He knew that there would be rough times. He knew that there would be questions. He knew the disciples would ask, Do you care that we're going to die? He knew it. He knew it before it happened. And so we have this peculiar thing called faith. Jesus asked where is your faith? That's not a question to the the end of uh, simply having it. Or having none. Stay with me. It's not a question of not necessarily having. It's not a sense of possessing faith that he was asking them. You see, Romans 12 and 3 says, the word says that he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So there's no question whether you have faith or whether you possess it. You see, it's already been given. He's already dealt the measure of faith. I have some examples. See, The the atheist has faith that there is no God. (laughs) Some have faith that the next elected official will solve all of their problems. Others have faith that their pain and their circumstance will be soothed with substance. You see, every person in the world, every person under the sound of my voice, every person has faith. The question is... Where is it? In other words, where have you placed it? And what have you placed it in? Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by yet the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were seen are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God. By faith Enoch was translated. But here's here's where it really gets down to the nitty gritty. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Listen, for this is why it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him without faith it is impossible to please him if i could say it like this without faith in him it is impossible to please him in order for my faith to work and for order in order for it to work properly it must be placed in something that is proven it has to be placed in something that is steadfast that works That's proven. And my faith must be in him. Systems may fail. Men may fail. Governments and predictions may fail and never come to pass. But my God never fails. He cannot fail. And so my faith must be rooted and grounded in the proven power. When he said, let there be, it simply became what he meant for it to be. He has already proven His power and His authority. We see it every day. When the sun rises and sets, that's proven power. When the bird sings His song, that's His proven power. And when life suddenly begins to spin out of control, I know that there is proven power in my faith in Him to speak into my life. I know that. So again, who... Or what is your faith in? When your storm arises, and it will. If you're not in one today, just hold on. Just hold on, there will be one. If this doesn't affect you today, just hold on to it because you're going to need it tomorrow, the next day, or next week, or next month. Who is our faith in? What is our faith in? What will you put your faith in when that storm Arises? Will it be time? Will it be money? Will it be systems of the world, or will it be your own ability? You know that most of the disciples we we read in in, in the Bible that they they were fishermen by trade. Perhaps in their endeavors in their in their work, they had endured storms before. Maybe this day they. They saw the lightning strike. They saw the wind as it began to blow, but they thought, well, we've done this before. We could probably handle this one on our own. Maybe they've navigated through that type of stuff before, but this particular storm proved to be much more. Can I tell you today that no matter, no matter how long you've been living for God, and no matter how far you've come, you cannot rely on yourself. You cannot rely on your own ability, no matter how seasoned or professional you may think you are. You cannot navigate this life on your own. You must have Jesus Christ at all times. You must have your faith rooted and grounded in Him every minute of every day. And just don't realize that too late. Don't get in the middle of your storm before you realize that you can't do it on your own. We can ill afford to put our trust in anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ. Don't allow the storm to affect your reaction or displace your trust in Him. Don't allow the storm to distract you from going to Him. You know, life can be very discouraging at, at times if we allow it. And we also fight against an enemy that is seeking whom he may devour. At times the enemy will use these things to attempt to circumvent the will of God. He'll try to distract us. He'll try to cause fear in our hearts because his ultimate goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. He knows that if he can separate you from God, he has a better chance of getting you. If he can sever your communication with him, if he can stop your prayer, if he can stop that prayer time, that's where it begins and that's where it ends. Whether through fear, whether through distraction, doesn't matter. His goal is to separate. And when these storms begin to arise and when they begin to swirl, I can allow the noise of the storm to continue to speak, or I can take it to the master who will speak on my behalf why do I say that let's look at Mark 4 and 39 the Bible says he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm the word arose and I'm not going to try to attempt even pronounce these Greek words I'm just going to tell you what they mean the word arose means to wake fully, to wake up, awaken, or arouse. He arose. And then he rebuked the wind. That word means to tax upon, censure, or admonish, to forbid, to tax with a fault. Then he said, Peace which means silence, muteness, hear this, involuntary stillness, involuntary stillness, or inability to speak, to be dumb but not deaf, to be silent, hold one's peace, used of one's silence because dumb, a calm. And then he said, be still. That means to stop the mouth to make speechless, to reduce to silence, to be kept in check. When the disciples went to Jesus in the boat, he did not wake slowly, he did not awaken incoherently, and he did not wake disoriented. He didn't come to uh, uh, the bow and have to wipe the sleep out of his eyes He didn't wonder what was going on. He didn't ask questions. He simply arose fully. He simply arose ready, triumphant with dominion and authority. Jesus arose and told the storm to be quiet. As if to say, you don't have a voice in this matter anymore. You no longer have a say in this situation. You see, the storm has a voice, but the voice of God will override it. If we allow it, if we go to him and awaken him, his voice can speak to the storm. See, the storm will tell you he isn't aware, but the truth is he is. The storm will tell you that he doesn't care, but the truth is he does. The storm will tell you that he can't help you, but the truth is he can and he will the storm will tell you you have no faith but the truth is you do the storm will tell you there is no use to pray but the truth of the matter is prayer is the unlocking of his voice and allowing the lord to speak into your life and on your behalf all you have to do all you have to do is take it to the lord in prayer he hears Not only does He hear, but He answers. And not only does He answer, but He has the power to change your situation. Any number of us in this building, as I speak, are just one spoken word away from the ceasing of your storm. Just one spoken word from the Master to the ceasing of your storm. No matter what you're going through, no matter what has bound you, no matter what is trying to speak into your life, you are just one spoken way From the master speaking in your life. One word. One word. So the remedy is this. It's relationship. It's prayer. Relationship. Because I can go to him. It's prayer when I go to him. And seek him. For his protection. First. First. I must be in a position to go to him. i got to be in the boat. He's got to be there too. i got to be in a position to be able to go to him. We know that we do that through repentance of our sins. We do that by baptism in his holy name. And we do that when we get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's the position that we need to be in. And then after that, I hold the key. For God to work in my life. When I don't take it to God. When I don't rely on him. I bring needless hardship. I bring anguish into my life. Or I'll allow it to continue. And so they ask, do you really care? I can tell you emphatically today, yeah. Yeah, he cares. There's a song we sing quite often here. And I love it. I, I love it because it's just pure truth. You know it. It says, "What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry." everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, steal our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find solace there. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised. Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. Soon to in glory bright, unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. We have an advocate. We have a friend in him. We have someone that is not only a friend, but he holds the key to our salvation. He holds the key to everything that we need in this life. He holds the key the issue is not that the disciples went to him. It's that they went to him fearful, perhaps unsure, perhaps wavering. The Bible says that the storm arose and the waves beat into the ship until it began to feel to the point of being full. In the Amplified Version, Mark 4 and 37, and the Bible says in a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions arose and the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. I don't know about you, but me and water, we don't we don't mix too good. I kinda hesitated on using this, but it's sorta kinda comical I guess. I got invited to a um uh, a boating trip, Brother Kevin. So we're not going to go out too far I think we went out about 30 miles didn't we yeah seemed like it but Justin went with us and he took his boat and I just remember looking back and he was coming behind us he's in a bass boat we're on the gulf and it just looked like those waves were just coming up over the side of that thing and I said man there ain't no way I'd have to turn back. I'd have to go back to the dock. And so I say that to say this. That very first swell. That very first wave as that boat began to rock on that Sea of Galilee. I couldn't handle it. I'd have to say, I got to go to him now. I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna put my 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 faith in my own ability to to navigate through this or to hold on, but I gotta go to the Lord now. I got to go to him now. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Why, where is your faith? He said it like this Where is your trust and your confidence in me, my veracity and in my integrity? And they were seized with alarm and profound and reverent dread, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this? that he commands even the wind and the sea, and they obey him. The answer to that question is, he's God. (laughs) He's the master. He's the one that created it. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me tell you something today. The same voice that said, let there be, said, peace be still. It was the same voice that stood in in the void of earth and space and said, let there be light. That's the same voice that stood and arose that day and said, peace be still, to the storm and let me tell you something he's still speaking today he's still speaking into lives today he still has that same power nothing has changed he's still God and he's still on the throne and I'm coming to a close Mark 4 and 36 if our musicians will get ready I'm going to read this from the amplified version Mark 4 and 36 and leaving the throne they took him with them just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting other boats were with him and then verse 38 says but he himself was in the stern of the boat asleep on the leather cushion and they awoke him and said unto him master do you not care that we are perishing? The Bible says that he was in the stern. A stern is the back or the aft part of a ship or boat, technically defined as the area built over the stern post extending upwards from the counter rail to the taffrail. The stern lies opposite of the bow, which is the foremost part of the ship. Originally, the term along only referred to the aft portion of the ship, but eventually it came to refer to the entire back of the vessel. That, that's insignificant. But what, what is significant about that, the stern? And classical sailing ships, the stern, or the back of the boat, house the captain's quarters. You see, Jesus never moved from where he was. They said that they took him as he was in the boat. He never moved, he was in the stern. Perhaps if Jesus had been in front of the boat on the bow, the men would not have been so fearful. But just because you don't necessarily see him doesn't mean that he is not in control. He's not in the front of the boat for a reason. Because that's not where the captain sits. Jesus is in the back of the boat because he is the captain. It's just as simple as that. He's always in control. He never stopped being in control. He was in control when they left the dock. And he was in control at that very moment. He was in control when he said, let there be light. And he's still in control today. He never stopped being in control. He was in control when you started this journey. And he's still in control at this very moment. No matter the storm, no matter the situation, the question just remains, where is your faith? Is it in something else? And you can feel the blank in in that in your own life or is it in the is your faith in the one who can make a way when there is no way is your faith in a doctor's prognosis or is it in the master physician is your faith in some lawyer's prediction or is your faith in the only righteous judge where is your faith and i'm coming to an end I just wonder if we can just stand together just for a moment. I've come to this desk to say this and then I'm done. I cannot allow the storms of life to subvert my faith in Him. We've already heard this morning some of the great the greatest preaching that there are some promises down that road. There's a man with a devil on the other side of that lake that they're going to. There's some miracles on the other side of that lake that are about to happen. And we can't let the storms that may arise in the transition of that to subvert our faith in Him and allow us to lose our faith and place it in something else I can't afford to allow them to speak any longer I must go to the Lord and then I must understand and believe that he can supply all my needs no matter how strong the storm Jesus has the power to speak peace into it when his people call he hears When they bow their knee to the Master, he hears from heaven. He will arise and he will rebuke the devourer. Much the same as when he rose from the grave. He died on a cross, he shed his innocent blood for us. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. And it would seem that all hope was lost, that the storm had prevailed. But on the third day, he rose again. But he didn't rise sleepy. He didn't rise disoriented. He didn't arise without a thought in his mind, but he arose triumphantly with power. He was fully alive. He had dominion and he had authority. He is a mighty God. And he is mighty to save today. All we need to do is take it to Him in prayer. All we need to do is lift our hands right now and take it to Him. I don't know, maybe you're going through something today. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're far removed from that, but we need to lift our hands right now and ask God to touch us. We need to hear from Him. We need to hear His voice speak and not the storm. We need to focus all of our attention on Him and nothing else. Would you cry out to Him right now? Would you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Would you thank Him for who He is? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. These altars are open. If you have a need, we would pray with you today and believe God to do great things in your life. Come on, church. Let's lift our voices to the Lord right now. Let's thank Him for His mercy, His grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah.